and welcome to episode 28 of Owen the Saints. I'm your host, Patrick Serlis, and I'm joined by Jack Serlis and Jack Mainstone. Lads, how are you both? Very well, Pat. Yeah, very well, thank you. Really good, really good after that anyway. Yeah, so we're chatting um, 30 minutes after Southampton's second Premier League win of the season. A relatively comfortable 2-0 victory over a pretty poor West Brom side at St Mary's. Lots to discuss. Um, We'll cover the game and then also the news that um, Southampton have signed. It sounds like we've signed a replacement for Hoiberg, the young French midfielder Ibrahim Adalo. Um, I think Ralph confirmed it, or all but confirmed it, in his post-match presser after the West Brom game. So that's good news. The win is obviously good news. Um, first of all, we'll, yeah, we'll start with the game. Uh, it's back-to-back wins after the Burnley result and back-to-back clean sheets. So after the, the disaster that was the 5-2 defeat at Spurs, I think it's only fair to start with the defence. They took a lot of stick for that performance against Spurs and Ralph actually took a lot of stick for the high line. Um, so yeah, let's start with the back four. Jack, I'll bring you in first. What did you make of the performance? Um, best of guard, very good again. Best of guard quality, I think. He's a new man since he's uh, had that haircut. It seems to he? be. <laughs> <laughs> he was absolutely calamitous with that long hair. But since that haircut, he seems to be a different player. But um, I just think they did a little piece on BT um, after the game on the back four and they were showing where Walker Peters and Bertrand are the majority of the game against against Palace and against Spurs they were bombing on and whilst that's quite good you're going to get found out very easily this game they were much more solid and they, they chose their moments when to go forward and I think you know we're playing against a team like West Brom that are going to put their you know two banks of four in front of you you've got to be patient and you can't overcommit because they'll just do you on the break so I thought the way we set up defensively was perfect we were patient and I'm gonna single out Walker Peters because I thought he was brilliant today I just think that you know defensively he's solid but what he brings to us going forward is, is just brilliant and uh, yeah adds so much to the team what did you think Mainstone that like defensive yeah I think if I had to sum it up in one word it would just be assured I think the last the last two performances yeah. have really um, things have really just seemed to settle down. Whether that's a lot riding on Vestergaard coming in, I could. I think we all saw him maybe coming in for the Burnley game because um, that suits him um, a lot more than it does Jack Stevens, um, who he replaced. But I think even today he was he was just really comfortable at the back. He good leadership. Um, he was he even looked like relatively comfortable on the ball when he had it in possession. Um, so he seems to be building quite mm. a good partnership with Bednarak. Um, and again, to echo what you said, Jack, I think Carl Walker-Peters is some player. I think we've we've really got a little bargain on our hands there. We saw it against Palace when Vestergaard came on. I think it was at half-time. Um, and then but obviously came in for Burnley. And, and again today, um, in the first half, there was one particular instance of his, his range of passing. It just unlocks mm. a lot of our attacks, especially when we're playing at teams like West Brom. Now, obviously, last season we struggled massively at St Mary's and this was kind of another test for us I think of like in the first half we had 70% possession they were offering very little going forward Um, it was a lot of kind of sideways passes from us but Vestergaard has that ability with his left foot just to pick out the diagonal pass and there was one opportunity in the first half where he picked out Walker Peters and it fell to Adams um, and he should have buried it and we'll come on to Adams Mm. (laughs) another game without a goal for him unfortunately he was full of running and he and he Ran the channels really well. Um, but yeah, I just think Vestergaard's come in and he's he's impressed me so much. That's back-to-back clean sheets now. Um, and yeah, I, mm. I know we've got Salasu waiting in the wings, 
but Bednarak and Vestergaard looks like a looks like a solid partnership to me. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to dampen it too much because I think it has been classed, but facing that depleted Burnley True. side and then facing Callum Robinson mm. and Hal robinson Carno, I think the real test will be against Chelsea when you've got Werner and Abraham and Giroud and Pulisic running at them. But don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a lot better than the start of the season. Have we, can we see any differences in, the, in, the, in obviously the high line that was against Spurs and now our defensive performances against Burnley um, and West Brom? Any, any changes that you've picked out there? I'll start with you, Mainstone. From, from Ralph, do you think he's been working on it on the training ground? Um, it looks like they're, again, I use the same word, but it just looks more assured with what they're doing. They look, they look like they're more comfortable with what they're doing. I think the, the thing that really stood out in the second half against Tottenham was they didn't know whether to track Harry Kane or leave him to one of the midfielders. And it all just seemed a bit chaotic. McCarthy wasn't confident on coming mm. off his line. It all just looks like it's kind of starting to piece together a little bit, um, which I think obviously makes probably the midfielders relaxed a little bit more knowing that they've got a little bit more um, comfort behind them. Makes McCarthy probably a little bit more confident coming off his line because that's now how they're going to play. Um, so yeah, a li- little bits of changes. I think there's, it was just obviously highlighted really, really badly in the second half against Tottenham because it all went wrong. Um, let's not like the first half still was quite good against Tottenham, um, even though the end result really wasn't what we wanted. Um mm. So there was, I mean, there has been improvement, back-to-back clean sheets. There has to be improvement um, and there has been. Be interesting to see, like you said, about Chelsea because I could potentially see um, Jack Stevens coming back in for Vestergaard against Chelsea just because of the way they play and the speed that they play at. Um, it, I wouldn't put it past Ralph mm. to just make another tactical change in there um, somewhere along the line. But I've been so impressed with him, Vestergaard, since he's come in. Mm. We didn't mention beers before we start we just jump straight into West Brom chat so um <laughs> Maystone what are you drinking um I'm drinking a Marston's pedigree amber ale and it's going down delightfully very Decent. nice so I've got um Cigar City Brewing again I think I had the brown now the other week this is their Invasion Tropical Pale Ale um and it is 9:47 here in the morning um <laughs> so not the usual time that you'd be drinking a parallel, but Saints have just won. So um, doing it for the pod, doing it for Saints. Jack, I don't think you've got a beer. Have you got Prosecco today? Yeah, um, I've literally just moved into a new <laughs> flat this morning. And my mates brought around a bottle of Prosecco just to... Uh, housewarming. Just to celebrate. So housewarming, exactly. And after that win, we've had a couple of glasses. So yeah, no beer, but glass of Prosecco to celebrate today. We'll let you off then if you've moved into a new flat. Um, <laughs> Mason, you just reminded me, you mentioned it. Um, a couple of times just then, McCarthy coming off his line. There was an article from Dan Sheldon um, in The Athletic that was all about that, really, um, in the week um, building up to this game. And I tweeted out during the game about you could hear on the commentary here in the US, Ralph kind of being really vocal um, and kind of coaching McCarthy through the game, um, being really, um, yeah, he was just loud, basically. And you could hear him every time there was an opportunity for McCarthy to come off his line. Um, really encouraging him to do that. Now, in that article, there was quotes from Brian McDermott, who kind of managed McCarthy at Reading, and he was like super complimentary of him, saying he was one of the most naturally talented players that he's worked with, and he had no problem picking up um, what Ralph wants him to do in terms of being more like a sweeper keeper. Um, there's a little bit of evidence of that today. I think McCarthy, we all know that he's a fantastic shot stopper, but he looked a little bit more confident. Uh, he wasn't particularly tested, um, but there was encouraging signs there um, fr- from my point of view that 
he just looked a bit more like he he knew his role in the team. Yeah, I think, you know, we've spoke about it a lot. He's a brilliant shot stopper, but he doesn't have that other side of the game. I would prefer him to be a great shot stopper because I think you can work on the, you know, his footwork a lot easier than you can build on the other side of the game. I think it's a, he's, he's done nothing to be dropped. He's done nothing to be dropped. And I think he's going to continue playing in the Premier League as he should. It's a shame that we got knocked out to Brentford in the Cup and I was surprised that Forster didn't yeah. play because I think I'm with a lot of Southampton fans. I would like to see him back because there is a top quality keeper there. It might not have worked out recently, but there is a top quality keeper. Um, so I don't think we're going to be seeing Forster anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, I think McCarthy... You know, he's obviously the number one. Ralph rates him really highly, and you know, back-to-back clean sheets is going to do him a world of confidence. Yeah, I think definitely. Well, it's transfer deadline day tomorrow. We'll come on to Darlow. It sounds like that's, that's done, which is great. Um, but wouldn't be surprised to see a keeper leave. I think that we're going to be pretty busy with incomings and outgoings um, over the next twenty-four hours or so, which will be which will be exciting um, for sure. Uh, I wanted to mention their goalkeeper actually because he he caught the eye for sure in the first half, kept them in the game. It was Gineppo that scored a goal, fantastic um, turn and finish in the box. Um, Sam Johnstone, their keeper, had made some big saves. Um, the one that impressed me the most was the, the header from Danny Ings, and he got down low and tipped it tipped it wide. His distribution mm. was really really good as well, um, especially in the first half. Um, but yeah, impressed with him. But it was Gineppo that broke the deadlock. He did. He's capable of this. I mean, it's kind of a little bit frustrating in the sense that he can do that when he's on the ball in the box, but then he's kind of on the periphery of the game. Otherwise, he scored, obviously, big goals for us against Sheffield United last season and Brighton, where he can be the match winner in these sorts of tight games where we're going to have a lot of the ball, but the team, the opposition is difficult to break down. Um, and obviously, I'm not sure, did Ralph mention it in, in the post-match about why he brought him off after kind of 53 minutes? Because it was a very early second-half sub. Was that tactical or was that injury-related? I mean, I didn't hear anything. Mainson, did you hear anything? No, I, I think he had, a, he had a great yeah, great 50, 50 or so minutes. But I think giving Redmond minutes is probably important. And West Brom looked, they started the second half well. And I think maybe he just wanted Redmond to bring on for his kind of more defensive work. Um, Gineppo, yeah. his tackling is not the best. <laughs> he picked up a book in. Um, <laughs> we went flying in again. Obviously, he had that red card against Newcastle last season. So his tackling is not the best. So maybe he was just kind of protecting them a little bit. But fantastic goal from, from his point of view. He scored great goals last season. He's clearly capable of it. Um, I think we've got a player on our hands there. We just need a bit more consistency from him. Yeah, I really like him. Yeah. Um, like I say, he's he's just so direct um, and he's he's so dangerous with the ball at his feet going one-on-one against defenders. Um, and I think the way we play with the obviously him and Armstrong forming the two advanced midfielders behind the strikers, he finds some really, really nice little pockets to be able to get on the half turn and start running at defenders. And I think he can be really, really dangerous. He reminds me of like when Mane first came in um, and again, very quick on the turn, quick on the dribble, really quick feet, um, but just slightly still a little bit too raw. Um, still got a lot of learning mm. to do, but time's well on his side. Um, he's, it's just basically getting him now. Is He's kind of a better, younger, fitter Bufal, really, isn't he? Um, yeah. He's everything we would want Bufal to be, but we've got him and he's younger. Um, and I, I think he's got a big future ahead of him, I'd really do. 
Yeah, I was literally just about to compare him to Buffal, who you know had all that build up, but was you know delivered it on a very infrequent basis. And I think Gineppo has had his problems with injuries, but if we get him, you know, starting games and playing a lot, he will deliver those those bits of quality. Like you said, Pat, against those teams where normally we just struggle to break them down, he's able to. You know, I don't want to dig out Redmond too much, but that might have gone to Redmond. And he might have shot and he got blocked. But just to have that, you know, bit of, um, you know, a bit of knowledge just to do that Cruyff turn, create the space and hit it into the bottom corner. I think that is something that we don't have in our team. And yeah, that's what he's it was doing. threatening to be another frustrating home performance. I mean, we had the chances, as mentioned, the keeper was having a great, um, a great game. But that little Cruyff turn in the box and, and to pick out the bottom, well, didn't quite pick out the bottom corner, but he caught the keeper off guard, I think, with the, the way he took the shot on his left foot. Um, then Oriol Romeu, uh out of nowhere, really, with the second half goal. <laughs> West Brom um, had looked like they came out from the second half with a little bit more energy, um, had a couple of chances, but then we kind of killed the game, really, with, with that pass from Redmond down into the channel. Great run from Armstrong, um, who looks like he's getting back close to his full fitness. He clipped the ball to the back post and then kind of out of nowhere... Romeo comes steaming onto it and volleys it into the bottom corner. Um, first goal, for 50 games for Romeo. Not what he's in the team for, but we'll take it for sure. I'm telling you, if that was Paul Pogba steaming onto that and he did that, that's goal of the month. <laughs> <laughs> that's goal of the month. I mean, we don't see that often. And for someone like Romeo that doesn't score, for him, I couldn't believe yeah. what, what I saw. I literally couldn't believe what I saw. I was like, if that took a deflection, that took a nick and he's just, just clean strike into the corner. But... Um, yeah, I mean, we'll come on to Diallo who's coming in. I think Romeo, he's had his up and downs this season so far, but he was he was top draw today and he capped off for that goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he... I think I, I, <clears throat> sorry, Pat. I'd, um, <laughs> I tried to slow down the goal a number of times because I really can't work out actually kind of what happened. I think he kind of caught yeah. it through the defender's feet. Like I think it like almost nutmegged him and he poked it through, like volleying the other side of him. It was really strange. But it was a great finish um, and nice to see him getting up the pitch. Um, and kind of gambling on. Uh, Ralph did co- uh, say a couple of times that he he wants him to kind of gamble a little bit more on getting to the edge of the box when when we're uh, deep and cutting it back for crosses. Um, but yeah, really happy for him. All the teammates were buzzing for him as well. It looked like it really did. Like everyone was like, I think shocked and really really happy that he'd he'd um, he scored. Obviously, it settled us down a little bit and made the rest of the game um, much more comfortable than it otherwise would have been. He took a lot of stick. Um, I was very critical of him after the Spurs game. I think that stupid yellow card that he picked up for the tackle on Hoiberg really cost us big time um, against Spurs. Against Burnley, though, he was fantastic. And again today, he put in another good performance. Um, One other player I wanted to touch on was Che Adams. He had that chance in the first half, just didn't quite fall for him. It's bad luck and it's bad finishing, I think, now. Combination of two. Um, keeping him off the score sheet. What did you make of of Adams' performance and, and Ings as well? He had that one chance, the header, but was pretty quiet otherwise. Adams, for me, I feel like I said the same thing every week. It's positive what he's doing. I think he has been you know, improving. His hold-up play, the way he's linking up with Ings, his passes through to the wingers. I think everything is developing. You can see a player growing there, but it's just so, so frustrating not to see him get on the score sheet. That one that you just said, it is poor finish and he does everything right to cut it onto his left foot. And he's got a lot of the goal to aim at, but he hits it on his, the instep instead of 
you know, getting a good connection and it kind of goes back towards the keeper instead of away from him. So it's, it was poor from him. But in terms of his whole performance, I thought he was, he was very good. And that is, that is the partnership that we've got Adams and Ings and it's growing and we've got to give them time because there is, there is something there. For sure. Yeah, I think um, yeah. the, the, um, it's quite nice the fact that we're not sitting here talking about another Danny Ings goal and kind of the partnership mm. between them. Like it's so important that other people chip in in games like these, especially against West Brom, the likes the likes of West Brom that are going to be sitting fairly deep. Like they're, they're hoping for a point away at Southampton or something like that. They want to try and get a little result out of it. Um, so those these are the type of games where we need the likes of Romeo um, or Gineppo to step up and take the pressure off Ings and Adams a little bit. Um, it does the Adams situation does kind of worry me slightly. I know he's really starting to build up a strong partnership with Danny Ings, and he does a lot of what Shane Long used to do in terms of stretching the back line and running in behind and creating Ings space, which is important. But ultimately. They but they need to they need to share the goals. If if Ings Ings can't keep getting 22, 23, 24 mm. goals a season, um, if he has if you take seven goals off his tally last year, that would have made a real indent into our season. I think we would have lost a few points because of that. So at some point there is going to need to be some sort of balancing act. Um, I don't know if I know Ralph's kind of keen to get one or two. Um, other than Diallo in the door tomorrow. Um, would be interesting to see if we are linked with any loans for any strikers out there. I don't think we will be, but it would be interesting to see if any, anything crops up. It sounds like winger yeah. is the, going to be the position if we mm. if we do bring in um, a second signing, um, which I think is needed. I think, Jack, you've mentioned it before, that we need a little bit more depth in those kind of attacking midfield positions. Definitely, definitely. Especially you pick up a couple of injuries and you're playing Will Smallbone out on the right and we're not the same team and we've got a player playing out of position there. So I think, especially if Buffal leaves, we we need to bring in another addition. I think there's been a lot of, I think Loftus-Cheek is, that's been firmly ruled out now. I think his wages are too high. Um, but there are definitely a few other options out there. Ralph has been saying that a lot. He's been using that word options because I think there's there's a lot of players that, have started the season and have found themselves not playing too much. You know, Reese Nelson at Arsenal is another one where I think clubs are looking at him. So I think the next 24 hours will be interesting to see who else crops One up. thing I did want to mention as a slight, I mean, I had to search for it, but a slight negative from the game was um, they looked quite dangerous from set pieces. Um, and our set piece defending didn't look particularly strong. So that's definitely something to work on. They had a couple of opportunities that kind of swung in. And I think it was... Um, their big centre-back, I forget his name now, is it Jay? Jay um, had a couple of chances mm. that he just didn't make a connection on it. Um, so that would be one thing I think that we'd we'd need to work on. When you've got Vestergaard in there and Bednarak, you'd like to think they were going to get their head, head on any, any balls into the box. But that was the only route into the match for West Brom, really. I was, I mean, they've just been promoted, but disappointed with them. They looked pretty crap and I think they're going to really struggle this season. What did you make of them, Jack? Um, well, I mean, they're crying out for a striker, aren't they? They're crying out for a goal scorer. Where's Charlie Austin? Where's the man? Where's the goal scorer? Where was he, was he in I the squad? I, thought, I don't think so. I don't so. even know what I his mean, situation is at the moment. Like, is he just out in, out in the cold there? I've no idea. What do you think, Mainstone? <laughs> do you think West Brom? Do you think uh, West Brom have got a chance of staying up this season? No, no. I think them and Fulham are probably. If you had to pick some guarantees out of the Premier League this year. I think mm-hmm. then Fulham would take that, take that, um, those two spaces and then the third's up for grabs for me. Um, but they, 
that I mean, I really like that Dean Garner and um, Pereira. I think they're two really, really good players. Um, and I think they will probably be, if they go down, they will stay in the Premier League. They look like Premier League quality. Um, I think they, they had a strong start to the second half. The first 15 or so minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, they came out and they looked a little bit more threatening. And we were off the pace slightly um, towards the start of the second half and they were putting in a couple of like really good crosses especially I know you said corners Pat um, noticed a couple of like wide free kicks that turned it basically corners but the wide free kicks that they put in and they weren't too far off getting a little touch on them um, on a couple of occasions mm-hmm. which was a little bit worrying luckily for us today it didn't amount to anything um, but yeah something to keep an eye on for sure yeah that's another another tick in Walker Peters um performance today because not only was he good going forward as you mentioned Jack but he probably was up against their most dangerous player in Diagana and I thought he had a Walker Peters had a good game um, keeping him relatively quiet um, let's discuss the signing then Diallo in it sounds like we finally got that replacement for Hoiberg um, Ralph saying after the game that he's our player so that's fantastic news we've been crying out for it really um, Romeo obviously on the score sheet today but he for me is kind of first option off the bench it sounds like Diallo will come in and partner James Ward-Prowse in the middle um three points and a new midfielder pretty good pretty good Sunday I think all round <laughs> yeah I mean I, I don't know too much about this um Diallo coming in I've just been obviously looking at a few things on Twitter and YouTube watching what kind of player he is but one thing that stood out for me there's a guy that that writes for get French football news um quite a lot of followers actually and he just tweeted just on the back of a tweet earlier today. He's an exceptional talent. This is about Diallo. Southampton are getting a gem. Brilliant business. Um, it does fit the profile of the kind of signings that we try to get. Players that he's 21 years old, potential resale value if he does come in his top draw. Um, I don't know if you guys read too much about Sangare, because I think that was an interesting one. He mm. looks like our topped target, I think. And that, that one fell through because of a work permit. So slightly disappointed. I imagine that, you know, Ralph probably was looking at him thinking that he was going to be the Hoiberg replacement. But I think it, it's very good from the club's point of view to act so quickly on that setback and bring in someone that, you know, has got this, you know, Monaco are linked to him, Arsenal are linked to him. So he's, he's got something about him. I'm excited to see him play. What do you think, Mainstay? Yeah, I've seen it again. I, I, it's kind of flown under the radar, really. Haven't, haven't really been linked with him long term. Um, mm. And I haven't really seen much or heard much about him. I've, I've kind of been looking around Twitter to see what people have been saying about him um, obviously you've got to take it with a pinch of salt but um, there's been like mm. a couple of fan accounts like Arsenal fan accounts Everton fan accounts that have, that have kind of said like it's a, like we, we, were, we were looking at him and we would take him at our club and a couple of French reporters to say like have been saying that he's a again the Southampton Academy are doing a really good job in finding another good young player with with lots of potential. Um I can see him yeah. being like a um, like high high energetic midfielder kind of like Hoyberg um run around really good ball recovery I should imagine. Um but yeah, it'd be interesting interesting to see him on the pitch, I think. Yeah, I mean you mentioned it Jack right in our wheelhouse like about apparently about 12 million pounds that seems to be our go-to figure between 10 and 15 million pounds for a player. Um yeah, so 12 million pounds four year contract. Um the Sangare one, yeah, he's joined PSV, Eindhoven, some kind of visa or work permit issues. But Diallo comes very, very highly rated, 21 years old, French under-21 international, which is good. Um, and from what I understand, he doesn't have any issues with kind of quarantining. So once we get him in, 
hopefully he'll be training with us um, through the international break and potentially could play against Chelsea um, when we mm. when we return. So, yeah, apparently Leicester had a bid for him in January that was turned down. Um, so, yeah, lots of top clubs were in for him. Um, really excited to see him uh, come in and, and partner World Prowse. And that gives me a lot more confidence now going forward for the rest of the season that Romeo is a good player to come off the bench in midfield. If we if we need a, in a certain type of game, I have confidence in Romeo. I don't particularly have a huge amount of confidence over the course of the season if we had him and Will Prowse um, there. So really, really important. Let's see what happens over the next twenty four hours. Fingers mm. crossed, one or two more through the door. That'd be nice, and that set us up. Let's hope set so. us up nicely. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> we, this season those first two games were so so bad and I think we were thinking about a long season but to get six points from Burnley and West Brom have this international break and have hopefully two new faces in to go to Chelsea and you know we're looking mid-table now I think that win depending on these results today we are 10th in the table now on six yeah. points so you know it just it, it's so much better now looking up the table rather than you've got teams like Fulham and West Brom that are down there on one and Burnley you haven't got a point yet so mm-hmm. Could have been us. So it's brilliant to get those to get those wins. So onwards and upwards. Absolutely. Really important. Three points. Um, we will try and speak to someone um, that knows Diallo and knows his style of play. Um, for next week's pod, it's obviously the international break. We return. We have Chelsea away and then Everton at home. So two pretty tough games. Everton are going very, very well at the moment. Um, before, I think after that, we've got Villa away and Newcastle at home so yeah from our point of view two tough games coming up really important to get six points on the board um, next week we'll, we will be around with another podcast hopefully on a kind of a special look at Diallo and what he, he can bring to Saints um, so that'll be out next Monday thank you very much for listening today Jack and Mainstone thank you very much for joining me nice one lads thanks boys pleasure as always speak to you next week yeah.